0: Welcome to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm so grateful that you're here. Aaron Knight is our new children's and family members family ministries director, but also our choir director. And if you put Aaron in charge of children's choir, you'll get around in children's music, which is pretty amazing. Uh, covering the uh, uh, little guys choir is me playing the guitar, and we're mostly just having fun, having a good time. Uh, we believe in several things. Um, radical hospitality. Uh, if you're up from the low country, we're so grateful that you're here. And uh, hope you have a safe travel uh, back. I hope it's pretty simple uh, when you get back. Um, we have a pictorial directory. But not today. Okay? It won't be today. And it won't be next week. The reason why is we are working to get absolutely the best information possible and the most pictures possible. It's going to take us until after consecration Sunday to have the most uh, accurate and the most addresses uh, in the back of the book and we know that that's a big reason why you turn there. It's also going to give us a chance to get more pictures of people who are joining us so that it can be the most accurate. So, we hope to turn everything in, all the information in for the directory at the end of November. We hope to get our directory back at the 1st of January. So it's, it is coming, but it's going to be a little delayed so that we get it right. I'm going to call on Aaron to celebrate supper at 6.
1: Thank you, Joe. And again, I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries and a few other things. <laughs> um, I am delighted to share some good news. First of all, we had a very successful Supper at Six last week. Um, over 80 in attendance heard the James Brothers sing uh, the old school a cappella duo. Uh, if you missed it and want to hear the performance, it has been posted on Facebook. We can get that on our website and, and share it with you that way. Next month, I um, hope you'll mark your cal- calendars to join us for our November Supper at Six, the first Wednesday, and um, we'll be thinking about thankfulness at that one. Um, I also wanted to mention the fall festival is coming up. If you would like to volunteer, there has been a sign-up genius um, sent out. I'll be posting that again this week on Facebook, but we would love your help, and thanks to all of you who have already signed up. We've gotten a lot of support. But maybe the most exciting news is that you're going to see a transformation of our children's spaces over the next few weeks. You may have seen us preparing for that already, um, but we are going to have Allison Duncan, uh, a church member who is also an art teacher, lead the Greer High National Art Honor Society and Art Club students in painting murals for our children. The first one will be in the straight room, but the other three classrooms upstairs for children will follow, and they all have a water theme. I think your kids are going to really respond to this. It's exciting um, to us adults because the space is really going to be lifted up by this color and uh, creativity. And we're going to pass around a drawing for you to look at. Um, I have some helpful assistance on the front row. So it will be a fishers of men theme in this main room where we gather on Sunday night. So you'll see a silhouette of Jesus and the disciples on the left wall that will transition in the middle to water and waves. And then the water will transition into fish. At first, it will be three fish representing the Trinity. And then those will multiply all around the room. Um, I'm just so excited. And I didn't pass around this one, but here's what our fish will look like on the walls. Um, They'll have a lot of movement and color. And um, I couldn't be more grateful to Allison for helping me firm up an abstract idea and make it a reality. Thank you.
0: Our spaces are so important when people visit us and our spaces are getting cleaner and brighter and more fun and, uh, in, in every way and I'm grateful for that. We believe in intentional faith development and next Sunday is an important Sunday during the Sunday School Hour. I want to encourage all of you to come here at 10 o'clock all adult Sunday school classes that are willing and able if you'll come to the sanctuary because Bishop Williman is coming next week he's the author of the book that we've been studying uh, for the last two months it's a historic event for a bishop to visit any United Methodist Church and if you come to the 10 o'clock hour you'll hear him, uh, you can engage he'll talk a little bit about the book but you can also ask him questions and uh, any adult Sunday school class I would encourage you uh, to come here we believe in risk taking mission and service And so we've obviously seen everything that's happened over the weekend. And I want to give you two ways that you can give in the short term, uh, or or give quickly. Uh, We'll find ways down the road. But ways you can give quickly to the relief effort is two uh, acronyms. The United Methodist Church loves acronyms. Uh, UMCOR is the United Methodist Committee on Relief. That's for domestic things, and UM-Them, United Methodist Volunteers' Mission, is for international uh, uh, efforts. So if you want to give to either of those entities, uh, they will they have it on their website. If you want to give to us and have us handle that, we'll be happy to do that, and they'll help people in the low country. We believe in extravagant generosity, and that goes far beyond uh, what you give us in terms of money. It go- it's time, it's talent. We're picking our leaders for 2017, and if you'll pray for us as we pick those leaders for next year, and if you you will keep your phones on so that when you get a call and you say, wait, you've chosen me for leadership? That's amazing. I can't wait uh, to serve in that leadership position uh, for next year for the church. Consecration Sunday is one month away. It's on November 20th. That's when we will uh, make our uh, uh, promise for the coming year. It will be one service in here at 10 o'clock and we'll go to the Family Life Center for a celebration dinner. Thank you again uh, for coming to our service. Welcome. Please stand and join us uh, for hymn number 360 69.
2: Please be seated. Our first scripture lesson is Psalm thir- the third psalm. is on pages 844 to 845 in your pew Bible. Third psalm, a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him, Selah. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from the holy hill, Selah. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, fear the tens of thousands drawn upon against me on every side. Arise, O Lord. Deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Selah. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this day and for this house in which we may gather. We consider those throughout our state and our nation and the world that cannot gather this morning due to the storm. We ask that you be with them, be present. Let them know that regardless of where they are, you are present with them. We thank you for these children and the tremendous responsibility that you have given us and the opportunity that we have to teach them about your love and mercy. Bless us in our worship of you, our songs, our prayers, our reading of the text, our proclamation, that it may honor and glorify you. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. If you'll also uh, mark your attendance here on the attendance roll. And if you would like to give online, you'll see instructions on how to do that in the bulletin. Please be seated. Thank you, children, so much. I am almost 39 years old. I get up here 49 times a year, and I still get nervous to get in front of people so that I know it means something to come up here and still do what you practice. Thank you, Aaron, for all the preparation. I'm grateful for choir members that get to sit with their family uh, because the children are singing today, and I'm grateful for choir members who stayed up here because it feels awfully strange and lonely up here when they're not up here singing, uh, singing hymns with me. Thank you both. We continue in week eight of our series, Fear the Other, where we're looking at themes in the book by Bishop Williman, um, Fear the Other. He will be here next Sunday and will preach in the 11 a.m. service. He'll preach in this service. And so I encourage you to be here. We're looking at a familiar text today, potentially with a different angle, Uh, so I encourage you to read along. Uh, We're looking at Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 25, and you can find that on page 1612 or somewhere around there. Some of our Bibles are a little different, and if you'll keep your Bible open. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The question here is that we want to lead off with, is this man truly trying to learn something? He's labeled an expert. That means he has time in the field. That means he has extended education. That means he's experienced a number of things. He is an expert in this field and he wants to ask Jesus Is this man trying to have lifelong learning? Which is something that you really are hearing more and more about these days. Uh, a number of our people are in the Ollie program. Have you all noticed that John Rush is even smarter than he used to be? <laughs> Have you all noticed that Marion Waters in the last week is even smarter than he used to be, than he was last week? That will continue to happen because they're participating in the OLLI program. Uh, uh, I forget how to say the first name. Is it Osher? Lifelong Learning Institute. Uh, It's not only at Furman, it's all over the country, but it's celebrated at Furman and this is one of their phrases which I really like. We offer courses to further learning, health and well-being, personal connection, creativity and enjoyment. See, it's way beyond facts. It's about your whole life being improved by being around other people for an extended amount of time still learning something. We promote engagement and enrichment in a community where learning never retires. Now, somebody on the marketing team somebody was staying up late on that one. I like it because it's good because a number of the people are retired. He says, learning never retires. We are here to not only keep learning about the subjects that you've come, of which there are many, to learn about one another to learn about our community and maybe be a different person based on that learning is this guy asking jesus for that very reason is he here to learn is he looking for better help is he looking to connect for connection to the people around him is he looking for enjoyment of life i mean i wasn't there but i'm thinking he's trying to embarrass him embarrass him publicly that he may not have the answer this guy who seems like he has all the answers he's also trying to discredit him by wrapping him up in a word that might be in the Old Testament law or something he said before You see this many, many times in the buildup of elections. Rather than the two individuals saying, this is stone-cold what I believe, this is stone-cold what I believe, and y'all choose based on your beliefs, what you think they ought to be. A lot of times it's about discrediting that person. This is something you said um, 14 years ago, this is something you said last week. Clearly you're a liar, and you can in no way be a leader of our people. It's never about that. Instead, it's about um, embarrassing or discrediting. And you know what? We may not do that very often, but we do this third one, the third thing that this guy was doing. He wants to look cool. He wants to look cool in front of other people. If you ever have an expert... That has come to your lunch, or you've traveled to Detroit to hear an expert, or uh, 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 you go to a regional conference and there's a person who has put in 25, 35 years, you will undoubtedly have a person raise their hand in the question time and they will lead off their question with, Don't you believe? Don't you think that? And then they state, not really a question, but a fact. A fact, well, a hybrid of opinion impact the thing that they hold most dear and they will say don't you believe and then say that thing and they want to look cool in front of everybody else so that they have the right answer have you ever seen how that goes when that person says that sometimes the leader is actually impressed with the, what the person says He's so, "Yeah, you know there's some truth in that and sometimes they go <laughs> okay here's, uh, here's this guy Um, Because everywhere I go, there's this person who says, don't you believe? So this guy going to Jesus, not looking for um, uh, another learning experience, not looking for connection. More likely looking to embarrass, discredit, and then have himself look cool. The interesting thing about this particular instance is that it's not in response to something Jesus or his disciples have done. That's what sparks most of the questions. In most instances, Jesus has um, shared a table or a meal with someone. He's healed someone. He's gone a certain place, or he's done something on a certain day. And in that action, someone says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. you're not supposed to do that, are you? This is a uh, hypothetical. So Jesus gives him a hypothetical back. Verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. This is a story. This is an illustration that Jesus is giving people who are wondering what this man is saying and what Jesus will say back? He gives him a hypothetical to the question and who is my neighbor? This escalation in verse 10 uh, uh, precedes an escalation in verse 21. It's another parable that Jesus tells of a man who created a wine press he built a wall around it he built a watchtower he uh, plowed all the land he put all the um, uh, clearly not a farmer he put all the stuff in <laughs> um, and then he said I'm going to have somebody else take care of this he left that place he had men who worked very hard poured their heart into making that place go and at a time when he was going to collect money from it or um, wine or fruit he sent a representative most people didn't like that he sent a representative. He didn't do any work. We're the ones that own this place based on what we've done. They beat that man. They send another man, it gets worse. They send another man, it gets worse. He sends his own son, and they kill him. These are two fictional stories of escalation of someone thinking that something is theirs, not yours. We do that when we don't care what someone has to say or we don't care what they think or we think we've put way more time in than they have on a particular subject and we don't care what, they're, uh, what they want to add to it. The interesting part of that story is that the, leader, the religious leaders stay out of it. The priest goes around. The Levite goes around. We've made fun of them a bunch of times. Church people made fun of them. Ministers made fun of them. All kinds of people made fun of them. People have written books that have made fun of them. for going around and not engaging that person. But truly, they were trying to stay ritually clean. So we've got the um, uh, obsession with uh, hand sanitizer. We're trying to stay dermaphobically uh, clean. They're trying to stay ritually clean. And by staying away from certain elements, they can remain ritually clean. By staying ritually clean, they can approach God on behalf of humanity. By staying ritually clean, they can approach humanity on behalf of God. And if they do anything to mess that up, then they won't be able to be the intermediary between the two. So the priest and the Levite do exactly what they're supposed to do according to the law. Maybe not according to um, the human spirit, human nature. But according to the law that is placed before them, they go around and uh, try to stay clean. The instruments of God maintain their status, but provide no hope to this man. Then he says, a Samaritan came along, and there's a key word. This is someone these people do not like. Never have liked them. Try not to associate with them. Don't want to talk to them. Don't want to learn anything from them. Don't want to share a meal with them. Jesus says, a Samaritan came along. And this is what he did. As he traveled, he came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took great pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out 2 denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. "Look after him," he said, "and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have." How many expense accounts? How many of y'all have expense accounts? How many of you all travel? How many of you stay in a hotel? Does your company ever say, whatever you do is cool. We'll get the room, and we'll get all your meals, and uh, any other time you swipe the card, yeah, go crazy. Now they say, um, we're paying for your room, and maybe taxes. And that's the end of it. And anything about that is on your card. Anything you're doing is on your card. You notice the amazing... Uh, to use one of our words extravagant generosity that this guy says he gives him money for now and he says any other way that his tab grows I'll pick it up when I come back by that is over the top more than uh, any of us uh, more than likely would be willing to do this is a man who would not have been helped were he bleeding and on the side of the road because he's a Samaritan The expert in the law would not have helped him because he would have known he had to stay ritually clean. The religious leaders would not have helped him for the same reason that I just told you. What if those guys going home from uh, working hard in the vineyard in chapter 21, you think they'd want to help that guy? No, they're not helping that guy. This Samaritan went over the top in a way that no one would for him. All those people are seeking the same thing their own agenda. Verse 36. Which one of these three do you think was a neighbor to to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? Jesus asked this question. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So maybe he wasn't there to learn something. Maybe he was. Regardless he did. He learned something about the definition of neighbor. So if you ask us literally, who are your neighbors? Jeff and Nella are on our right side and a chiropractic office is on our left side. Friendly people from Mount Pleasant are across from us and awesome people um, uh, with a big German shepherd and tiny dachshunds uh, that walk at the same time or uh, this way across from us. German shepherds walking like this (sighs) and the dachshunds are going (laughs) This is, this is so awesome. They are our neighbors. If you look at our address. And we've had many addresses across the state of South Carolina. And had many neighbors. And in fact, due to the, the number of times that we've moved, we've actually moved in two different appointments within that appointment for some strange reason. So we have never lived in the same home since 2004 for more than two years. Lived in the same town. But we just keep... For that very reason, I don't get as attached to neighbors because I know sometime down the road something's going to happen. Literally, we have neighbors. But what's he saying? Okay, so yeah, I got the people on left and right. Um, And then I guess the people who are in the same religious belief as me, right? Yeah. Same political belief as me, right? That's it. That's enough people. My neighbors are enough people I have to put up with. He says, and Jesus tells his story to give him that definition. So here's some reminders. We cannot earn the gift of life, nor the mystery of creation that has been given to us. Any of y'all earn that one? Any of y'all put it together? Hmm. It is entirely a gift. We can't earn eternal life. That's what's so interesting about that phrase that he leads off with. What must I do? What kind of action do I have to have? In order to inherit something that's given to me, can't earn eternal life. It's a gift. We are not the initiators or the owners, but we forget. You know why? Because the sun comes up and down a couple times when we're in the same spot. And we think, well, suns come up and down for a good 30 years while I'm sitting in this spot. I think I own this spot. Creation pre-existed us forever. Love pre-existed us forever. The gift pre-existed us forever. It's our response to it. So if we want to justify ourselves, if we want to stay clean, if we want to claim these gifts as our own, then we aren't doing our best. If If we understand that everything has been a gift, if we want to give extravagantly, If we want to risk potentially getting harmed emotionally, then we are doing our job. We're extending that word out. So I'm not going to make fun of you for driving past someone or walking past someone or wondering if someone is truly out for the good because I've done all those things. In fact, there are a number of books out now about how we um, can actually harm someone by just continuing to give them something what I want you to do is think about what is the thing that is truly harming this individual? How can I pray for uh, uh, fullness of that individual? What's truly harming me? How can I pray for fullness for my heart and my life? How can I be grateful for the gift that's been given to me? And how can I be generous with all the things that have been bestowed upon me? Then you'll be thinking like a neighbor. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your patience as we attempt to figure all of this out. And when we put a couple days in, or years in, or decades in, and we feel we don't have anything left to learn, nudge us. Knock us. Help us figure out that there is still wisdom. When we wonder about zip codes or political parties or nationalities, remind us, Lord, that your son over and over again ripped all of those apart in order to establish new lines, new rules, new gifts, and new hope for humanity. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join me for our last hymn, number 664. So next weekend, for two very important reasons. One, because it means a great deal uh, to me to invite a bishop to come. I'd like you to come. I'd like you to come for you because he's one of the most entertaining people I've ever heard in my life. Biblical, funny, and he bites you in a way that you think is funny. And will uh, more than likely change the way you think about something. I've asked people to come, so figure they might be in your seat. Figure that's happening next Sunday, and be okay with it. Park a little bit further away if you can. Park in the grass if you can. And create every way possible for it to be an easy, logistical day for us. He'll be here at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary and will worship with us at 11. I'll be preaching at 9, so if you want to eat a hearty breakfast and have a doubleheader, come on over and you'll hear me at 9 and him at 11. Um, Thank you, children. Y'all are cool. And I'm grateful that y'all sang this morning. And thank you, choir, for being present with us. Go forth in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Amen.